This is Come On You Reds, the Toronto FC podcast. Gareth Wheeler, Terry Dunfield, right in the mix of it all at Wheeler TSN and Terry underscore Dunfield. On this week's podcast, the CONCACAF Champions League March has come to an end. We'll reflect upon the last few months and what it's been like for Toronto FC making their way through this competition. And MLS play tomorrow, Saturday at BMO Field, Toronto FC taking on the Chicago Fire. Good afternoon, Terry. Chapman Wheels. I should say good morning. I'm so mixed up. I feel like I'm with the team, have been on those journeys, although I've just been watching home, you know, them travel to Colorado, to Mexico, back and forth, and everywhere in between. And on... I'm emotionally spent. I'm exhausted. <laughs> You're on London time. I, I'm on Wheeler o'clock. That's what it is. <laughs> no, but I feel absolutely emotionally drained by everything that's kind of transpired. It's all gone by like that. It's been a blur. Do you feel a little bit drained as well? A, a touch. It's just been so exciting, and uh, if anything, emotionally, I'm just I'm gutted for the lads. They they played their hearts out in Guadalajara, and you sometimes don't get what you deserve in this game, and uh, they couldn't have done anything else. Yeah, right. And I think it's just the overwhelming. Like it's it's just how it it's time commitment for the club and everyone involved. There's a financial commitment, but it's the emotional side, Terry, that when you sit back and once you stop, you kind of realize how much actually went into it in terms of giving up your heart, your mind, your body, your soul towards you know trying to achieve something special. Yeah, it's been a, an incredible journey and, and not many thought TFC would even get this far to, to, to go past Tigres, to go past Club America, to come back after that first leg against Chivas Guadalajara it's, it's been so impressive and I, I thought if I'm honest that they were going to get over the line and it seemed uh, destined didn't it? it it really did the, the script was almost written uh, I, I keep going back to some key moments and I'm sure we'll cover it the the first leg and, and the, the two goals TFC conceded but to to come back with a, a depleted banged up squad was was uh, I'm so proud of the the guys, the Delgado opportunity and extra time, and uh, and then of course the the cruel, cruel penalties. Yeah, um, let's let's maybe start at the start because I think it's worth reflecting upon how this journey began. It started by winning the Canadian Championship two years ago, then having to win to assure their spot in last year's Canadian Championship. So check mark, check mark, just to get into this competition. How long ago does that Javinko oh, goal against Montreal seem? So long, especially <laughs> after this winter, buddy. Like yeah. It seems like a lifetime ago. So the process started a long time ago. A completely reformed, reshaped competition where there's 16 teams rather than what was it, 24 before, and there's a group stage. So a different looking competition, new players come in in the offseason. So you kind of start fresh. And not only that, it starts right at the beginning of their season. Like to start their season, they're in a high level competition playing in February in minus 15 weather in Colorado. With zero offseason because no. of the incredible playoff run last year. So the guys only get realistically maybe two weeks, 10 days off. I, would have, I was going to say about three weeks. And then all of a sudden you're, you're mentally starting to prepare for Chicago. You're starting to train again. And uh, so there's no off-season, then you've got a heck of a trip out to Colorado. Soccer players have it so hard done by. Like, think about the Maple Leafs, okay? The Maple Leafs just lost uh, here at the end of April. 
the players are going to have May, June, July, and August off before they check back in. TFC finished, what was it, December 9th through 11th, whatever, yeah. early, mid-December, and they check back in Start the of January. second week of January. What? It's just incredible yeah. the work that they the, that it requires. And MLS is is a, is a grind of a league with the travel and different surfaces and juggling different competitions and international games. You, you really need a couple of months off if you can have it just to recover both physically and mentally. But but, but TFC, I, I I thought the the you talked about the preparation and how meticulous it was and all the hard work from the front office and. It really paid dividends. The fact that TFC went and spent preseason in Mexico City sure. in preparation that they were going to get and go and play uh, Club America. Right, and 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 even if we're going to still go back before the season, when the Champions League draw was done, TFC had the most difficult route possible to the final. Like I thought Colorado was a decent place to start despite the weather conditions, like a decent opponent, a team that's coming off a down year that's rebuilding and only got into the competition based on how they fared in MLS play the season before. But after that, I mean, we all knew what the task would be, having to get through three very difficult opponents. Like you could have plotted it out. One once that draw was made, who they would have been playing, and check, 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 each and every tough opponent, Tigres, Club America, and Chivas all stood in the way. So they had the most difficult draw of any other side. Yeah, the, the, even the variables of Colorado were tough. Not that, not necessarily the team and new manager, and, and they're kind of in rebuilding mode right now, but the fact that you've got to travel across the country, play on a rock hard surface and then come back in the time of the year BMO was heavy as well so that played a factor come maybe later in the tournament uh, that round of games and then you're straight up against the, the star-studded Tigres teams, Jignac's in town, Vargas. This is an inc Valencia. This is an incredible. And you're still team. getting your legs. And, and you're still getting your legs. TFC have added new players yep. to the squad, so, so it's you're not firing on all cylinders. It takes ten games to to get into it. These Liga MX sides, they were already a dozen games deep into their season, so TFC are right up against it and uh, do the business against Tigris. Right, so they, they professionally and with a level of maturity see their way through all the way to the CONCACAF Champions League final. And I think that's where it's appropriate to pick it up because we're gonna walk through the second leg, a game where Toronto FC for the first time ever won a game in Mexico, but don't go on to win this competition. But I firmly believe, Terry, and you heard the comments after, that Toronto FC, the reason why they didn't win the Champions League is because what happened the week prior at BMO Field and not what happened down in Guadalajara on Wednesday. I agree, and, and, it, and, and it sort of goes back to the point of, of getting past the first Tigres and Club America that they won the first leg. They went down yes. to Mexico with an advantage, and they were able to change the way they play. Tactically, they were able to set up a little bit different, and that first leg trailing 2-1 in the final, TFC had just an absolute mountain to climb. Yeah, and, and think about the two goals that they conceded. There's, and we mentioned this on last week's pod. They were just so uncharacteristic. Even if you go down to Chivas with a draw, I mean, the way that things played out, you would have won the competition. You know, so uh, 
I always knew. I, I said that it wasn't impossible, but it was improbable that Toronto FC was going to come up with a result because they didn't just have to win. They had to go in and get a particular result to get the job done as well. Yeah, you say the goals were uncharacteristic. One of the, the sort of objectives that the, this team always ticks off is starting games well and, and starting on the front foot. Bingo. So, so in a final to be 1-0 down after 90 seconds off a throw-in where, where TFC weren't really organized... Uh, and it, I've said it a million times, it shouldn't even been a, a Chivas throw. Uh, and now all of a sudden you're, uh, you're up against the eight ball, one nil down at home. And, and, and TFC showed character. They got back in the game, got the goal that they deserved. Another Jonathan Azorio goal. Who, he blossomed through this tournament. He's taken his game to another level. And then when you think it's all TFC in the second half, TFC is going to be the only team Probably, if a team's going to win, 1-1's one, not the worst result in the world, as you said. Right. Bono just, just gets caught on his line. He's trying to be positive. It was There's a shot no cross. It was a shot cross. He Polito didn't mean doesn't mean that. it. No, no, he doesn't. And it gets caught in the wind. And and, and it's just... And, and then you're going into the second leg. So many injuries. Uh, a makeshift lineup. Players are playing out of position. And it's it's so difficult. When that lineup came out, <laughs> what was your first thought? I was like, my God, Michael Bradley's playing center back. I always thought that like when the numbers got a little thin, and there's been times at the back where, based upon injuries and other things, that things have gotten rather thin, Bradley still maintained that central midfield role. And then I just look at the team sheet, and I'm like, where's Drew Moore? <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the first thing. I'm like, oh, my God. And then Bradley goes and plays and takes up that central half role. A position, by the way, I think he can could, he could play anywhere across the field. But that was the thing that jumped out at me first. Yeah. You? Uh, of course that. I, I, I thought – then I tried to connect a few dots. Why has Greg done it? And uh, he played in the second leg against Club America. He dropped very deep, and he was almost in a center half role. Looked comfortable there. And I thought it was actually quite smart because probably the only player that had time on the ball in the first leg was Drew Moore. Drew Moore. I wrote about this because you wanted Bradley on the ball more in a scenario like that and split the center half so he could be on the ball more. So I was with you. I was like, this could be a smart move, but I didn't know what was up with Moore at that time. Yeah, and, and I think in an ideal world, you still have Bradley in the middle of the park. Yes. I, I was a little bit worried how... Azorio, Delgado, Vasquez hasn't played for six weeks, and Hassler were going to cope in midfield. In the first leg, the middle of the park was an absolute minefield. It was so physical, and I thought Bradley might be missed there. But with him a little bit deeper and Chivas not able to press him, they didn't press Drew Moore in that center-back position. He was actually able to hurt Chivas with his passing range. What was, in what was incredible to me, is that the six defenders who played the most minutes over the course of the MLS Cup run, none of them were playing in an all-important cup final matchup in Guadalajara. Think about that. Moore, Zavaleta, Hagland, Moro, Betasher, and Mavinga. Those were the six guys last year who played predominantly in the minutes. None of them were playing in the, in the game that would crowd the Champions League winner. And, and you talk about <laughs> like Javinko's brilliance and Altidore and, and, and Vasquez in that playoff run. But for me, the, the spine of the team, the backbone of TFC and why they won the MLS Cup 
was that back line yes. with Michael Bradley in front of them. And now you're going into the biggest game in club history with the most absolute makeshift back four. But but it actually worked. Van totally der Weel worked. was excellent. I thought the fact Godinez wasn't starting, he came off the bench. They had almost like a, a number 10, Polito playing up top. That played into TFC's hands. And, and as the game went on, I'm, I'm thinking, this might work. And then all of a sudden, Chivas score. Yeah. And, and, and that's where a back line, when you're less familiar with one another, having not, you're familiar with each other in terms of players, but not playing in those positions all at the same time. They're kind of exposed on that first goal. And well said. It, it, it's not when you sit back that you'd be punished. It's when the ball's kind of rolling and, 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 and it was almost kind of like against the run of play right there at that moment where it's 3v4, you're scrambling, you're trying to retreat. That's where it's most difficult to stay organized. Yeah, the, I, I like how you say organized and, and that sort of cohesiveness and, and knowing how your teammate alongside you operates. And uh, unfortunately, Van der Weel and Auro just get split. Look, it's a great goal. It's a great goal. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's too bad because it actually came from good TFC uh, possession. The ball came into Altidore. Jonathan Azorio was trying to run past him. I think the space was there for a setback. Altidore sets it back into space. Jonathan Azor, maybe, I, I think he's trying to play his way out of the tackle. Maybe should have just fouled the player or, or just won the tackle. The back four delay, they do the right thing. At, at some point, you need to engage. Van der Weel steps, and, and Auro just needs to be a little bit more narrow. You, uh, you can't be split. Let the ball go out wide. Pineda makes a nice little dart in behind, and, and it's a nice dink finish. Well, the, the, the ball to Pineda, it was a smart pass because Bradley and Morgan had things covered on one player on the other side. It was a good decision. Sometimes you might try to force it. You're three on four. You're playing on the dribble, but the fact that you did pick the one spot where there was some vulnerability in the back line, it was that pass to Pineda, which really kind of set things up. But, but my point is, is don't give Pizarro that split pass. Right. Make him go out wide and then defend Pineda 1v1. Alro, he just gets caught a little bit square, and, and that's why the split pass is able to happen. He just needs to be a little bit more narrow there. It was a good start for Toronto FC, though. Despite Other than the goal, the yeah, goal, I agree. And, but at that time, I'm like, okay, look, this depleted back line, how are they going to be able to deal with Chivas? Now... Guadalajara is not a team that's expansive, that's just going to play just out-and-out out attacking football. And I think that played into Toronto FC's hands as well. And the midfield kept its shape. I thought that Hasler came in was fantastic. Uh, just having Vasquez on the field, I know it didn't come off the entire game for a player who hasn't played in weeks, but still his presence on the field was huge. And inevitably, Toronto FC, after some good periods of possession, wound up scoring that equalizing goal on the night off a set piece and wonderfully worked from Nico Hasler. And it's Mr. Big Goal scorer himself, Josie Altador, putting into the back of the net. Yeah, I... Despite the goal, I thought it was more about TFC controlling the game. I felt like they were – I didn't really see a threat from, from Chivas. And, no. uh, and the goal comes from a set piece. Uh, I think Auro's looking to win a handball. Eventually, he puts it back in. Hassler tries to flick it on. 
he reacts quickest to his header. And, and at that point, I think it's all about determination, a will to, to find a way. And, and he gets across into the box. And Altidore had a couple half chances like that in the first leg. He was under the weather. He was throwing up on the pitch. But he sorted his feet out really well. And, and all of a sudden, it's 1-1. And you're thinking, right, game on. It, it galvanized TFC. It, it took them to another level. There was a little lift uh, sort of amongst the group in the yes. celebration. I loved how Altidore ran and grabbed the ball, brought it back to halfway. And, and, it, and as I just said, it's game on. This team is so confident. But... Oftentimes, it's when you score the goal, and that goal came at the at the perfect time, Terry. Because if you're chasing it a little bit, it came on the 25th minute. If you're chasing it, if you get to halftime, you still haven't found that goal, then it makes you have to change your approach altogether. You need to take more chances, but the, by the fact that you scored that goal meant that you could still just kind of hunker in, not do anything crazy, and play your game. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. If 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 you get to halftime and, and Greg Vanny looks down at his bench and he's right, I've got to change it. I've got I've got to chase this game. It's it's not a nice feeling because one, you're going to leave yourself open to a yes. counter at some point. And it's it's a beat up bench. Like this team just came from Houston. It was difficult down there. How how do you change a final uh, with a very young bench? And and in the end, the bench actually came on in the last 15 minutes and gave the team a lift. Uh, just a quick note on Hasler. What a true professional. I think he's a brilliant footballer. He kind of is the Swiss Army knife on this team. He's played right back. He's <laughs> I like played, that. I love he's, it. But, and, and it's funny because he's from Liechtenstein, which is, anyways. Quasi-Swiss. Well, yes, basically <laughs> Switzerland junior. Um, but he plays everywhere, and he plays everywhere well. You know what I mean? He, like, he is the he I'll give is you a good coach's comparison. dream. He is the MLS, and this is a huge comparison. Johnny O'Shea? <laughs> no, no. I'm going to go better. James okay. Milner. Okay. Yeah. 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 And... Uh, Coaches love players that you know exactly what you're going to get yeah. from. He, he might never be a 10, but he'll never be a 5. He'll put a shift in. He'll defend. He'll he'll athletically can get around the park. He won't get beaten. And uh, he, he sets a goal up. He's versatile, can play different positions. D doesn't seem as though he sulks if he's not in the team. Lots of experience playing in the Swiss top league. And, of course, internationals playing against top sides for Luxembourg. So if, if he's not going to be the Swiss Army knife, what's Liechtenstein known for? I think it's a good tax system over there. Is, is there? Is there? We'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure something out and come out with a new name for Nico Hasler. Uh, we'll continue on, break down the rest of the matchup, and where Toronto FC goes from here. Wheeler and Dunfield with you. This is Kamani Reds. This is, come on you Reds, Gareth Wheeler, Terry Dunfield with you, reflecting upon Toronto FC's 2-1 win down in Guadalajara, which inevitably turned out into Champions League disappointment as they fall short of their goal, 3-3 on aggregate, end up losing in penalties. I'm finding this therapeutic talking this out, Terry. Me too. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, because I was, I, you were in studio doing the TSM broadcast. I love how I was you at home watch uh, after a hectic night in Toronto sports. I was at home just with myself having a scotch trying to like, you know, relive it all fashion. in my mind. I love it. An old fashioned, which this is, and I haven't really, 
had a chance to sit down and just talk it out. Yeah, I feel way better. At the start, you're like, how are you feeling? Are you emotionally drained? And I was giving the big licks. Oh, I'm fine. I, you know, I never get you tired. You were fine. No, I'm not fine. And this has actually <laughs> been, we're in comfy seats here. It, yeah. It's kind of been therapeutic. It's nice. I was like a bit owly and snatching it. You were like two minutes late. And I'm like, wheels, you're late all the I day. Know. You know? So I feel bad about that now. I feel way better. You were grumpy, Terry yeah. Dunfield. Yeah, you, you seem like a different guy. I, do, I feel, thanks, man. You're like two inches taller. <laughs> yeah, that Dunfield right. legendary <laughs> smiles back. Here we go. We're feeling good yeah. here on Come On You Reds. Uh, TFC ends up getting the goal to take the lead in the 44th minute. And I love this goal on so many different levels, Terry. Right before halftime. Speaking about timing. I love the fact that Auro is clearly fouled in the middle of the park, stays on his feet. I, I, it's class, mate, that you bring that up. I've got Auro here in my notes, yeah. circled everywhere, and, and that's flown under the radar in the sort of everything and how it's unfolded. Stayed on his feet, plays the ball to Marky Delgado, and over the course of the first half, you saw so many times Javinko arm up, wanting the ball in behind the back line, whether it be over the top or played the ball through, and... And oftentimes, a midfielder, when, especially when you keep possession, you end up playing it safe. Finally, Delgado played that cutting-edge ball. Couple quick touches. So Javinko looks like the ball's getting cut up in his feet. Gets it out. Quick shot. Near post. Back of the net. I jumped up. I was watching the ACC. It's like, Sama! <laughs> it was just such a brilliant goal on, on, all, on all phases of the move. Yeah, it was, it was a great move. Auro does well to hold off a couple of challenges, picks out Marky Delgado in the gap. And a couple of times TFC had switched the point and actually hadn't gotten the ball to Javinko. And it's frustrating for him because he's being man-marked by Perez. He, he hardly can get half a yard. He was all over him like a bad rash. But his movement was quite good. He actually comes in to go out. That creates a little bit of space. And then he's got such a short back lift. He, he, yeah. he gets that ball off his foot so quickly. It looks as though he's going to shape like he's going to bend it to the other corner. The defending's not great. He's half a yard off him. And, and it's just a quick fire release. And, and he beats Coda to the near post. And, and all of a sudden, it's 2-1. And uh, it's a well-worked goal. And... The, uh, let's talk about Perez's defending on Javinko all game. Mm -hmm. uh, imagine being man marked like that. J Javinko showed good restraint. Just before the goal, he'd been booked, but he composed himself, scores his goal. Perez ends up going off with a hamstring. Javinko saw him off. Um, I, I thought he was phenomenal not just in the final, all throughout the tournament. Javinko's been colossal. Well, player of the tournament, and the right Chivas so. fans were appreciative of what they saw. They, you know class when you see it. Um, Javinko on his Instagram posted a video uh, or a picture of Perez punching him in the ribs with the referee coming in and not being brave enough to make that call. If Perez is sent off in the second half... I mean, I wouldn't have bet against Toronto FC kicking on finding a winner in 90 minutes. Like it, it's, it's, again, it's small margins. The penalty not being given to Javinko in the first leg when Perez looked to have taken him down. You didn't think it was a penalty. I've seen them given before, most certainly, Terry. And not sending off a player in a scenario like that. Those are two moments, Perez on Javinko, which kind of loom large in the way that this, this tie ended up playing out. Yeah, I... I think they're talking points. Uh, not sure enough. They are. In, not enough in either for me. Uh, but I, I like the the approach TFC took in the second half. A, a lot of managers uh, with no extra time might say, "Look, we're we're, we're close here." The, 
we've scored two goals in Guadalajara. No team had scored in the competition in, in Guadalajara. And a lot of sides, away team, a beaten up squad, might have just held out for penalties. But TFC pushed and they tried to find a winner. Vasquez had a great opportunity at the edge of the box. A good strike on net there. Javinko had a couple half chances. The, the subs came on and, and, and gave energy, created a great chance, couple of chances. Hamilton, Delgado... And it was a huge performance in the second half as well. Okay, let's walk through what happened in the second half. First, I want to get your impressions on the substitutions that were made. Nico Hasler was one of the few players that did play in Houston. Uh, I'm not on the weekend. I'm not sure how much that had to do with it. I thought Hasler was good, but Vanny and the coaching staff—they were aggressive, bringing in Jordan Hamilton. Full credit to the coaching staff, understanding that they want to go out and get a goal in 90 and not allow it to go to, to, to penalties. Um, and then Victor Vasquez. I mean, there was no way. I speculated in the build-up: Would Vasquez be able to play 30? Would he be able to play 45? He made it through 71 minutes. It just something had to give. And Jay Chapman came on. Then Josie Altidore. Uh, left the game in the 85th minute due to injury. So a catch came into the game. But right away, I just looked at it. If this game was going to penalties, no Vasquez, no Altador. Those are two players who will surely take a penalty, right? That Like, it, it was less about what they were doing on the field and more so, oh, God, if it goes to penalties, you lose two players that are going to take kicks for you. Yeah, that, it, it's not ideal. Uh, I mean, Altador could be out for a little while. Looks Looks like a bad hamstring. And Vasquez, you got more than you thought. I, I thought you'd do well to get a half out of him. And, and you saw his quality at times. And, and talk about being thrown in the deep end, the tempo of that game. I thought the subs were good. They all brought energy. Uh, the little rejig in shape going to a front three I thought worked. And, and it, it kept kept them pinned in a little bit. It didn't let their fullbacks get out. And uh, the, the the group created chances. I, I, I thought Chapman almost picked out Hamilton. Chapman's played well. I think Chapman's worked himself into the equation here. What he's shown um, in, in the two games where Toronto FC basically played some of the reserves, some of the players that are in the 18 but aren't playing, and the fact that he was brought on in a moment like that, I think it bodes well for him. Yeah, I, I thought Chapman was good in Colorado. Yep. A touch disappointing against Houston. Everyone was. Everyone though. was. I, I thought... Him and Akeche left Liam Fraser on a little bit of an island there uh, in Houston. But when he came on uh, with probably a better supporting cast around him, he looked good. He looked comfortable. Uh, didn't give the ball away. Uh, and he's quite good at, at driving between lines with the ball and, and just getting TFC up the pitch by carrying the ball. Four Canadians ended the game on the field for TFC. Love it. <laughs> awesome. Like in Guadalajara, again, in a Champions League final. That's we, we, shout out to Ash, to Oso, to Jordan. Let's talk about and the Canadian to, performances. To yeah, okay. I thought Ashton Morgan was different class. I, I thought he was outstanding in the first half. He looks a modern, modern fullback, doesn't he, Terry? He, 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 he looks very much the part. I, I think he's a v very much a confidence player. I, I think he's a player. If you just throw him in for a game, you might think, oh, I don't know about Ash. But when he, once he starts to play four or five games, he starts to build up a little bit of a rhythm. Uh, he's very athletic. He's, he, his, his delivery from deep areas is excellent. And uh, one thing he's really improved uh, under Greg Vanny is his right. positioning. Very rarely does he get caught out. Uh, and also, obviously, the golden boot, four goals in the competition. We've kind of waxed poetic on him and Chapman and Hamilton. So take advantage. What I like about Ash so much and, 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 and Osorio, 
they've taken advantage of opportunity when presenting itself to them. You know what I mean? Like, like in a competitive squad like this, this is what you have to do. When the chance presents itself, you need to be ready. You need to step up and show something, and both players have. E and and now you can make the argument that they're starters for this team. I, and I, I know Justin Morrow's a phenomenal player, but he's hurt. Um, but Ashton hasn't let any let there be any dip at that role or that position on the field. One hundred percent. And and it, it go Morrow is one of the best defenders in the league attacking fullbacks and his name's been hardly brought been brought up since Ashton Morgan's come in so that's huge kudos to to Morgan I think on Jonathan Azorio has blossomed in this tournament I think he's now 100% one of the first names on that team sheet uh, and I think it all started last year he grew up and, and he he would have been easy for him to ask for a transfer find a move Go to Vancouver, go to a Montreal when he was mm -hmm. on the outside looking in when Delgado, Vasquez, and Bradley were playing. He fought his way into the team, had a huge MLS Cup final, won silverware, and, and now he's almost Mr. Toronto. He, he, he is Mr. Toronto, and having local players is so important. And he's no longer just in the team because he's Canadian, because he's a bit part player. He's now what, right? He, he's now a player who can control a game, who, who can take a game by the scruff of the neck. All of this bodes well for our national team as well. Huge. And experiences and, and like he, this. And he's never really got a shot to be the main guy with the national team. He's kind of had to play uh, sort of in the background to Tiba, to Julian, to Will Johnson. And, and you know what? I think this next... Uh, four years it could be the time for well, Jonathan Well, and, and more games coming up this fall with the new with the new structure with more games within Concacaf. I think it's brilliant to get experience and to define roles. So John Herdman, uh, he's absolutely in John's plans. Let, let's just move to it. We've, we've delayed it enough. We have to talk about the moment. I was trying to. Throw <laughs> well, it's going to go down as the decisive moment to many. Although both of us already said on this podcast that TFC didn't lose based upon that moment. They lost because of the first leg. We need to talk Losing about the Delgado chance, too. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, the I moment. thought you were going straight to the penalties. Was there another moment? Oh, no, I was going to the Delgado chance, buddy. <laughs> right, 92nd good. minute. Javinko does fantastically well to make some room down the left-hand side. Put a peach of a ball to the far post. Delgado there all alone. There's three Chivas players all inside the six-yard box this over is hurting. the bar. See, that's the moment that hurts the most. <laughs> oh, I, need oh. I need counseling again. <laughs> Are you going to be grumpy Terry again? <laughs> well, like stomach's churning as you described it. It's happened to all of us. Here's my question to you. Should Delgado have taken a touch on the ball, or did he make the right decision trying to hit that first time? I think you have to take it first time. Me but too. He leant back. I think you need to get your chest over top of that ball and do everything you can to hit it into the ground. It was a wet surface. It was slick. Just hit it into the ground. Make sure you hit the target. He had a similar opportunity just after halftime in the first leg. Yes. When Javinko cut it back to him, he put it over top of the bar. And... <laughs> he's still young, but, but Javinko puts it on a platter for him. He does so well down that left-hand side. And, and that was your moment. That was your opportunity. And Javinko may be a bit harsh in his, his uh, interview after the game with KJ says, that was the moment TFC lost it when Delgado missed that well, chance. That, that's not the moment they lost it. I will say that's the moment they could have won it. Better. And, and, I, and I think that those are two very different things. Because, again, they lost it in Toronto. But that was a moment where they could have won it. Key moment. 
key, oh, key moment. my God. And I feel Marky Delgado is only 22. How is Marky Delgado only 22? He seems like he's been around forever. I guess that's what happens when you start playing when you're a teenager. But I feel gutted for him because he's a player that's always put in an honest effort. He worked hard. He started the move. He started the move in his own half. Akeche won the tackle. It was Delgado on the ball. Finishes his run into the box, but just can't finish off the play. And he plays a big part in Javinko's goal. Plays a big part in Azorio's goal yes. in the first leg. He's been he's been massive. And and uh, I thought he had a slow start to the season. I I don't know whether because it, it, it was such a short off season or or whether he was a little bit tired. But in recent weeks, he started to find his form. And then we went to penalties. It was inevitable after that. That was going to be the last chance of the game, and we went to penalties. And look, again, no Vasquez, no Altador. You're going to have a different scenario. Um, Chivas, by, you know, by virtue of, of taking the first kick, you, you always have a better team. Teams that shoot first always put pressure on the team that shoots second. That's the way it played out. I didn't like how it went straight to penalties. Like, I don't know why in this competition in a cup final, one, you have two legs, and then two, why you don't end up playing an extra 30 minutes, two 50-minute halves of football and going straight to penalties anyways. It's ridiculous that that's the way that it plays out. I get that they're tired. I understand all that. But straight to penalties doesn't sit well with me. No, me neither. And I thought TFC undermanned, beat up, were the better team in the second half. I, I think extra time would have suited TFC. Me too. TFC, They're fit. I thought they started the half better, and then Chivas had maybe a 10-minute spell. Greg made some changes, and then TFC took control again. Godinez hit the post. That, that was a good chance from them. But, but other than maybe one or two, sort of a couple of things from Lopez down the right-hand side, TFC were in control, and, and they were creating chances. And, and to settle... Uh, you know, so much work and, and travel and expense and to go to the World Club Championships to settle it on penalties without extra, without extra time, time isn't right. And there's things that need to be revamped in this competition. The yellow card rule is not right. Yep. Uh, and it was, it, it, it was again, it, it sounds like sour grapes from us, but the way no, it ended would, was cruel. No, I, I wouldn't have liked it even if TFC ended up going and winning up penalties. <laughs> I would have, I, I would have taken it, <laughs> yes, but like, I still don't like the method. I love, I love Dubai. I would have loved to go back no out there. No kidding. <laughs> um, Alex Mono is his 24th birthday. Do you think he slept? First penalty, he got his hand on the ball. If he makes that save, I just. Again, this is all retrospect. You know, the Delgado, that was a moment. But Bono, because the kick wasn't taken that well, he almost had to adjust, and he got his big mitt on the ball, and then it just got behind. You know that Alex is like, come on, man. Yeah, it was. I think if it's three inches further away from him, he saves it. He almost slightly just dies over it. It's He gets his big paw on it, and, and there's just enough power for it to sort of go through his wrist almost and I wouldn't say chocolate wrist but he guesses right and then if he, if he makes that save it sets a tone and, yes. and all of a sudden it's advantage and that TFC. was the first shooter that was the first penalty taker and after that I mean <laughs> the Chivas the Chivas penalty oh, just and he always goes low left and then he decides to go top right it was like one of his free kicks in preseason when he just like almost sclaps it into the top corner Brilliant. He's so good. Two more thoughts in this segment. Um, Azorio misses a penalty. I mean, you can't hold it against him. Just for kids listening or anyone listening to that place, I just don't like the stutter step on a, on a penalty. Like, um, 
just go up and hit it, right? Just go up and hit it. That's what, that's what you teach your kids in the academy, right? Pick your spot, go up and hit it. Yeah, don't change your mind, but but know your spot. But do you like the stutter step? Uh, I mean, I'm just... I, I, it, if it works, it, it makes it look easy. Sure. If it right. doesn't work, and it didn't work here because Coda didn't shift. He stutters. Jonathan Azorio looks up. The keeper's not even moved. And then all of a sudden, he tries to do a little bit too much with the ball. Hits the crossbar. Uh, and then Michael Bradley inevitably misses the second penalty. And it's so harsh on the player that people that don't follow this team day in, day out will look, well, Bradley missed a penalty against Seattle, and he missed a penalty against Chivas. This guy is the heartbeat of the club. He's the leader. He played center back, a position that he doesn't play better than most players can play in world football. I'm so proud of the way that he leads this club. He embraces this city. He simply gets it. So for anyone that's trying to put criticism his way because he misses a couple penalties when he probably wouldn't have even taken a penalty if Vasquez or Altidore was on the field, <laughs> come on, get some perspective. Bradley's led this club remarkably well and has been really the key figure in the turnaround and turning this club into the winner that it's become. 100%. His, his winning mentality he has brought to the group is why the team won a treble last year, is why the team's in the final right now. How he adapted and played center back against Chivas in the CONCACAF Champions League final when TFC needed to score and still was involved setting up that first goal. He was tenacious. He won jewels. He made players around him better. He, he was awesome in this in the tournament. I'm gutted for him. I, I think he's noticed that the goalkeeper code has gone down a couple times. He, he tries to lift it. It was a real aggressive penalty, and uh, he, he tries to go for the top bin. He misses it. These things happen, uh, and you know I'm just gutted for for the group, but especially Azorio and Bradley because that they were so good throughout the competition and in, in, even in the final. I'm but. gutted for the entire team, everyone involved. A magical run, but you know there's no more victories for this group because they want to go out and win it. So uh, I'm hoping that this city and its great supporters. Shout out to the people that traveled. Awesome. To Monterey, Mexico City, and Guadalajara. Extreme expense. TF no other MLS club would have had support like that away other than this club. So the supporters, they have a lot to be proud of. And I know Saturday afternoon at BMO Field, they're going to give this team a hero's welcome as they take on the Chicago Fire. I have no doubt about that. It was so cool when the camera panned over to the couple hundred TFC fans going nuts after that Altador goal. And when you're on the field, you feel that as well. I remember in Montreal when when, when we'd play there, there, you'd score or and you'd run over to the three, 4,000 fans there. It just makes such a huge difference. Adds to the to the match it's just it's cultural to have away yes. fans at games and uh like awesome from the tfc fans uh where toronto fc goes from here well it all goes down saturday at bmo field and mls play we'll take a brief look at that next this is come on you reds toronto fc back at it saturday afternoon a 3 p.m kickoff down at bmo field as the chicago fire rolls into town this is come on you reds wheeler and dunfield with you uh, TFC, remarkably, it seems like they've been playing forever. I've only played five league games. I think last season kind of rolled into this season. Yes. A little bit. I think that's why we feel that. And, and I feel like now the regular season will start in earnest this Saturday at BMO against Chicago. Is Good that point. fair to say? I think that's fair to say. I, I, I think that that might even be a message in the changing room. Yeah. Like it's that that's point is that good? Um, TFC threw six games last year. 
it's worth bringing up in what was the best season in MLS history. He only had seven points. If they win on Saturday against Chicago, they're six points through six games. So a little bit of perspective, how quickly things can change. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. No. There'll be no panic stations down in that changing room whatsoever. There'll be some tired legs emotionally. They'll be beat up a little bit, but they're not. I don't think there's any worry that they can't get into the playoffs and even win the East. You're not resting guys on Saturday because basically why players have rested in previous weeks was looking ahead and keeping players fresh for the next game. There's a week off and TFC spending that at home. Yeah, I, I, I think Greg's not, obviously not going to have the luxury of, of 30 players to pick from. No, I, I think no. the team in the end will more or less pick itself. Uh, I, I think if you can give one or two a breather uh, just to protect them physically so they don't pick up injuries, I think some of the players are redlined right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see that, that what TFC do put out. Um, it was a little bit underwhelming from some of the young players, if I'm perfectly honest, in uh, Houston. Yep. Uh, if they're not playing, they can have no complaints. But I think it'll be sort of a similar side to what, what played against Chivas. Well, I'll say this minus Altador. I'll, I'll say this about Houston really quickly. It wasn't some of the individual performances by young players. Like you can put one or two in the team. When you're putting four and five, you're asking for trouble. It was too much to ask from too many yeah, players. But and you try to compensate, then you play out of your role, and then you just it all comes crumbling down. So I I can, you, can I assess the, you can assess the young players much more when they're playing with veteran, experienced players around them. Yeah, but it, I, I think that's – I agree with you, and, and 100% you're right. But in a way, it's almost a little bit of a cop-out. And, and young players um, want opportunities, and, and they knock on the manager's door to say, I'm ready. Well, they were given a chance against Houston, and there's a clear pecking order at this club. And, and uh, I, I think one or two just – it wasn't for lack of effort. I, I think they gave everything, just weren't at the level. Uh, do you rate Chicago? Do you rate yeah, them? I, I think they're an interesting team. Uh, like, Deleu's out. He's hurt. I mean, that's a big loss. Yeah, they, they just had a great – Polster's out. They just had a great result in New York, the, the only team to, to actually go and win at Red Bull Arena this year. They won 2-1. Keita scored a wonder goal. Sanchez made incredible saves, 21 saves in net. It's interesting what they're doing with Schweinsteiger right now. They're just finding a way to get him in the team. He, he initially started the season as a 10. He, he definitely has qualities. Dropped back now. He's playing in the middle of a back three. And, and for TFC fans listening that have been around the club for a while, it's a little bit like Torsten Frings yes. when he dropped back and played at the back of a back three. Uh, he's, he's comfortable on the ball. He'll set their attacks off. He reads the game well, but athletically he's not the quickest. Ibra scored a good header when he was playing there, just pulling off of him. So, so that area can be exposed up top. They've got Nikolic. Well, Nikolic has what, scored five goals already this year? Yeah, five. That's going to be the key matchup. Whoever is able to play center back for Toronto yeah. FC, just making sure you snuff him out of the game. Yeah, I, I think you need to know where he is at all times. He, he's not going to get involved in build-up play. He's, he's a, just a poacher. His position's good. It's not by accident. Balls keep dropping to him in the box. He's good at getting on the end of crosses. Scored 24 last year. So, so he's definitely their threat up tops. Adams is a young player in midfield uh, who, who started this season quite well, too. Uh, we'll be down there. It's actually a double header down at BMO Field. I think it's going to be morning showers, afternoon. It's going to be cloudy. Come out. 
support your Reds as they take on the Chicago Fire. 3 p.m. kickoff down at BMO Field. And then 6.30 p.m. TFC 2 in action at BMO as well against Red Bulls 2. So Terry and I are doing the doubleheader. Beautiful. Can't wait. The radio call in TSN 1050, then obviously TFC 2 call as well online. So make sure you tune into both. And you can watch on TSN if you're not able to go down as well this weekend. Good stuff, Dunfield. Great stuff, uh, brother. We'll save the waste bin. We're high, high five is going to be our top five takeout foods or places. We just ran out of time this week. I'll let you decide next week, okay? It's Terry's you pick. Me carte blanche? Terry's pick. I like it. Watch out. And uh, no dumpster this week. My no waste bin. Goals. We are at... There, there's only five of them. Uh, <laughs> Very humble. Uh, no, but no need, for, no, no need for the waste bin or the dumpster this week. We're all positivity going forward. How's that? Love it. At Terry underscore Dunfield. I'm Gareth Wheeler. On behalf of everyone here at TSN 